accurate blue-collar theology to shield the mind, body, and spirit. This is Full Armor Radio. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Full Armor Radio. I am your host, Brandon Lockridge, and today we are back with some more Belgic Confession action. Last episode, we were in Article 7 of the Belgic Confession. Uh, yes, because today we're in Article 8. So <laughs> we're in Article 7, in which we talked about the sufficiency of the Holy Scriptures. We talked about what the Scriptures are sufficient for, that is for salvation and worship. And we talked about what the Scriptures are sufficient from, that is the traditions of men. And so if you have not had an opportunity to listen to Article 7, the episode we did on that, please go back and give that a listen. Today, we're going to be looking at Article 8, Article 8, and we are getting into the Trinity, the Trinity. So um, one thing I want to make mention of here at at the top of the episode is just a reminder that as we go through these articles in the confession, my intention is not to do deep dives on some of these doctrines, but really just to show you what the Belgian Confession says and, and, and talk about the article or the, the doctrines that are covered and really just kind of give you a taste of that doctrine. So um, I'm not going to be doing deep dives on, on some of this stuff, although I could. Uh, it just would make for very long episodes. And there's just so much that has been discussed in all these various doctrines. And the Trinity is a huge, huge one, right? So um, there's so much that could be said. And uh, I would point you towards uh, other, um, you know, theologians and and wonderful resources and works that have been put together on these various doctrines. Um, I am by no means a, uh, an incredible, uh, galaxy brain theologian. Uh, but there are many out there that have done great work. And so I'm hoping that I can just provide you with a a taste of these doctrines. Um, so today we, as I said, the Trinity, uh, the, the title of the article, article eight is God is one in essence yet distinguished in three persons. We're going to go ahead and we're going to read through uh, the article here, and then we will kind of um, parse this down a bit. So it says, According to this truth and this word of God, we believe in one only God, who is the one uh, who is the one single essence in which are three persons really, truly, and eternally distinct according to their incommunicable properties, namely the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father is the cause, origin, and beginning of all things visible and invisible. The Son is the word, wisdom, and image of the Father. The Holy Ghost is the eternal power and might proceeding from the Father and the Son. Nevertheless, God is not by this distinction divided into three, since the Holy Scriptures teach us that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost have each... uh, have each his personality distinguished by their properties, but in such wise that these three persons are but one only God. 
Hence, then, it is evident that the Father is not the Son, nor the Son the Father, and likewise the Holy Ghost is neither the Father nor the Son. Nevertheless, these persons thus distinguished are not divided, nor intermixed, for the Father has not assumed the flesh, nor has the Holy Ghost, but the Son only. The Father uh, has never been without his, uh, without his Son or without His Holy Ghost." for they are all three co-eternal and co-essential. There is neither first nor last, for they are all three one in truth, in power, in goodness, and in mercy. All right, so there's a lot to digest there. So let's start with a little bit of a history lesson about uh, this doctrine. So in the early church, this would have been um, back in the third uh, century, um, there was some confusion around the idea of the Trinity, and you know it, it's 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 stuff that's still debated today. Um, and you know, within Orthodox Christianity, I think we we we've come to the point where we're like, okay, yeah, we we know we understand like the Trinity, the essence is God, three persons. Um, you know, God in three persons, blessed Trinity, right? As the the hymn says. Um, and we've come to just accept that. It's it's hard for us to, maybe if we really start thinking about it, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around. And tr- like, it's kind of the creations trying to understand the creator. Like, how does that work? I don't really understand. Um, but, you know, we've kind of, by and large, come to believe that. Now, there's still, obviously, in academic circles, plenty of, uh, scholars that want to debate this and, um, you know, uh, we would put them outside of Orthodox Christianity. But in the early church, they were kind of trying to figure this out. Uh, they, there were some that were claiming to be part, you know, they were claiming Orthodox Christianity, but they, the, the, their doctrine on the Trinity was, was really off. And, and there was a lot of stuff that they were actually still trying to figure out a lot of, a lot of these kind of hard to understand doctrines that they were trying to, um, you know, come to grips with and, and try to make some sense of it. And so in the early church in the third century, um, this controversy about the, the Trinity really broke into um, into view when you had this, uh, preacher who was, um, he was ministering in an area called Alexandria and it was kind of, a um, uh, he, he was, he was trained for ministry in Antioch. You, you had, so you had like the, you had the Antioch churches and you had like the Ag- Alexandria churches. The Antioch churches were in the East, I, I believe, like the, the Eastern part and Alexandria was in the Western part. And these Eastern Antioch churches, um, had a tendency to emphasize like the, the, like, um, like a uniqueness between, uh, God the Father and Jesus Christ. So they, they sort of emphasize like the spiritual side of God the Father and the human side of of Jesus. And and there was some sort of weird doctrine that was happening there. Uh, and then in Alexandria, they were more orthodox in their view of God the Father and God the Son and both being eternal and all of this. Um, so, but there were some, there were some sort of weird doctrines going on that they're, they're trying to figure out. And, um, 
there was this preacher who was tr- sort of trained in Antioch, but he was in Alexandria at the time. And, and that's kind of where the reason that this controversy broke out because he was teaching things that were contrary to what was being taught by and large in Alexandria. And this preacher's name was Arius. And so Arius, um, was making waves with his doctrine of, um, of Christ and the eternalness of, Jesus and the, um, the whole, you know, the idea of the Trinity, it was, it was unorthodox as we would understand the Trinity. Now, a uh, popular uh, slogan among Arius and his follower followers was, um, the slogan there was when he was not meaning that the son of God had a beginning. So there was, there was stuff before Jesus, um, so Jesus, Jesus started somewhere. And so, um, those in Alexandria were kicking against this and they were saying, no, there was not when he was not basically meaning that there was nothing <laughs> before Jesus. And, and in, in, in reality, there's, there is no before Jesus, Jesus is eternal. And that's what they were trying to say that, that Jesus is eternal God. And so, um, this came to a head in the year 325, and um, there's all this sort of controversy surrounding Arius, and um, the uh, these Alexandrian churches and these Antioch churches were sort of going at it, and um, this came to a head in May of 325 when about it was like over 200 bishops um, that um, were that gathered together in this place called Nicaea. And Nicaea was sort of like the seat of the empire, so to speak at that time. And so these, all these bishops come together to have this debate and try to figure this thing out. Like what, what is the deal with Jesus? What is, is he eternal? Is he not? What's going on? Like, what do we, what do we think about this? What do we believe about this? And so what came out of Nicaea was these three distinct Greek words that all had different meanings. So you had a camp of bishops that were advocating for the idea of homoousius, this was the Greek word homoousius, which meant same being. They say they were saying that Jesus was homoousius with the Father. He was the same being as the Father, the same substance. And then you had uh, the group that was saying homoousius, uh, which meant of similar substance. So not the same substance, but similar substance. So homo e usius. And then you had a group that was um, was advocating for hetero usius, which was different substance. So same substance, similar substance, different substance, right? Um, and the majority of the bishops were in either the homo usius, same substance, or homo e usius camp. And that was similar substance. So there's a lesser group uh, that was in the heterousius or different substance camp. 
And so this is where you, there's a, maybe some listeners have heard of this. There was the, the, the famous tale of St. Nick, you know, we're thinking about Christmas time and all that stuff and St. Nicholas. And so St. Nicholas was one of the bishops that was at this uh, council of Nicaea. And there's this famous tale where um, Arius was advocating for, I believe it was homo e usius, uh, similar substance. And they got into a pretty heated debate over it. And uh, because St. Nicholas was advocating for the, the orthodox doctrine, homo usius, which is same substance. And so they got into a bit of a heated debate and St. Nick ended up slapping Arius uh, for his heresy. <laughs> and so uh, there's that famous meme that's come out over the past handful of years where it's a picture of St. Nicholas and he sort of has like the little speaking bubble coming out from him and it says, I came to uh, bring presents and slap heretics and I'm all out of presents. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, that, uh, that was a, a big debate that was going on. And really once, once Nicaea had ended, that's kind of, those are the camps where, where the bishops sort of fell was these three different, you know, same substance, which is the Orthodox biblical view, um, similar substance and different substance. And so, um, the, what, in in the aftermath of that, the Nicene Creed was produced, and uh, the Nicene faith uh, was widely accepted. And this was obviously the 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 faith and the creed that the reformers were were holding to, which is this idea that um, God is uh, God the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are of the same substance. Um, they are the same being. And so big points that came out of the Nicene faith. Um, number one, God is one essence, right? Um, there is, uh, there is not a sub God didn't lop off a piece of himself. There was this idea that, that it was kind of espoused that, you know, there's kind of one God and he lops off different parts of himself and, um, there were some who were espousing, um, you know, like a like a mo- uh, modalism that that God presents Himself in at different times in different modes. Sometimes He's the Father, sometimes He's the Son, sometimes He's the Holy Spirit, and there's all these kind of crazy ideas. But they were saying that no, God is God is one essence. He's one simple spiritual being. As it says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one God. Um, and so um, this obviously would have been, uh, you know, against, the you know, the Roman and Greek philosophy, of course, uh, at that time where there was lots of gods, many gods. Um, and then they said that, uh, so number one, God is, God is one essence. But God is three persons, so God um, exists in three. This this one divine essence exists in three distinct uh, distinct persons, and so um, each of those persons has incommunicable attributes. That's different, you know. Something that's not 
communicated to the other one, something that's different. Um, I'm going to read, this is actually out of, uh, let's see, Daniel Hyde's commentary on the Belgian Confession with heart and mouth. And he says uh, this in, in regards to the the three different persons. So for God the Father, he says, uh, according to his incommunicable incommunicable property as being the father, God, the father is the cause. And this is what the confession says in, in article eight, the cause origin and beginning of all things visible and invisible in regards to God, the son says, according to his communicable, incommunicable property of being the son, God, the son quote, again, this is from the confession is the word wisdom and image of the father and then in regards to um, the Holy Spirit, um, God, the Holy Spirit is the eternal, this is again, quote from the confession, eternal and, and essential power and might proceeding from the Father and the Son. So um, another way I've heard it too is that the uh, each person of the Trinity has different roles. Um, I've heard that communicated as... Um, you know, creator, redeemer, sanctifier, right? God, the father, creator, God, the son, redeemer, uh, God, the Holy spirit, um, sanctifier. There's a lot of ways in which we can think about this. And, you know, this is one of those doctrines that it is true. It is hard to wrap your mind around and try and in, in our humanness, trying to understand, uh, how something much higher than us operates. And, you know, these are things where um, we're not going to be able to really wrap our, our head around how this works because God is not like us. God does not operate in the same way that we operate. Um, it's actually comforting to know that God is a God that we can't fully understand because if we could fully understand him, then he's really just made in our image right? Instead of us being made in his image, where he's made in our image and we can understand every single thing about him. Um, and then in that sense, God would cease to be God. So, um, one of the things that I love, uh, just, there's so many, I think passages that we could take a look at, but one of my favorite passages where we see the, um, the existence of all three persons of the Trinity at one time, uh, this is in Matthew three, and this is at the baptism of Jesus. So in Matthew three, starting in verse 16 it says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened up to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So we see the testimony of uh, Matthew saying, look at Jesus is baptized. We're seeing God, the son there in the water, right? We're hearing God, the father audibly say, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And we are seeing the spirit of God descending from heaven on Jesus like a dove and resting on him. So we're, they, they testified to hearing the Father, seeing the Spirit, seeing the Son, all at the same time, right? And um, 
anyways, what there's there's so much that we could probably keep going on and on about in regards to the Trinity. Um, there's just so much there. But again, not trying to get into too much of a deep dive here, uh, just a taste. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Full Armor Radio. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, or if you just want to write in and say hi or whatever uh, it is, um, would love to hear from you. Um, you can email me, fullarmorradio at iCloud.com, fullarmorradio at iCloud.com. You could also visit the website, fullarmorradio.org. And again, thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of Full Armor Radio, and see you next time.